chapter number. Let's uh, let's turn to chapter sixteen. And I ask you, if you will, uh, to keep your Bible open. Uh, I I wrote this down during had some faults, and I had two messages that I put together this week about hell and thought that would satisfy myself or the Lord. And uh, during Sunday school, uh, the Lord said, go back to what I gave you on Monday. So I began to write down some things. And so it's uh, for you that keep track, it's only one page. I'm just going to preach what's on my heart, and I'll just let God do from there. Is that all right with you all? I know it's 1141, and usually at this time I kind of reckon may be too late to start a message, but I feel like something's weightier than that this morning. And I'm not going to say what I think may happen. I don't know. I can't. Um, Leah's mad, so she's, you know, love you, Leah. Hey, Bubby. That's my buddy right there. But uh, I want you if, you, if you will, I want you to pay attention. I want you, if you will, help me this morning. But my heart is heavy to preach on hell today. And since January, we've been dealing with the thought of a growing Christian. But today, for whatever reason, we go from that to hell. And so I need you, if you will, to be praying. If you see me struggling, I want you to pray. Uh, If the Lord impresses you, I want you to pray. But Luke chapter number 16 this morning I don't know that I read all of it. Matter of fact, I didn't even have a text. Um, I'm going to do what I've told these two preachers to not do. I'm going to preach on the topic of hell. But as such, I could preach 27 messages out of this passage. But burden on my heart is probably could be found in, in this, but... I want to go to some other passages and deal with some things. Let's start reading in verse number. Well, you know the story. There's two men here in this subject. There was a rich man and there was a poor man. We don't know the rich man's name, but we do know the poor man's name, Lazarus. And both of these men died, and the Bible says that Lazarus died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. But in verse number 22, at the end, it says, The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment. And see if Abraham afar off. Or see if they, and Lazarus in his bosom. You see here in verse 24, and he cried, 
Then you see in verse 24, he says, I'm, I'm tormented in this flame. He says in verse number 27, I believe, he says, I pray thee therefore that thou would ascend him, Lazarus, to my father's house. He says, I have five brethren. He says, send them that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Now, I've got in my Bible, and, and I don't know the context that I wrote this, but I've got no excuse. And right under or right above no excuse in that little Little space between verse number 29 and verse number 30. I've got no excuse, but I have underlined, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And I immediately go to Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter number 2. Chapter number 2, if I'm not mistaken, Brother David, starts off, they are without excuse. And they that are without excuse are those in chapter number 1 that have forsaken all the evidences of God. They've forsaken the God that creation displays. They forsa- The Bible talks about in Romans chapter number 1, he says they knew God. They knew who He was. And I want you to know this morning, if you've been in this church any long time at all, you know who God is. And if you reject that God that we've sang about this morning, that we've cried about and we've prayed to and that we've shouted about, if you reject that God today, I want to give you a warning this morning. Today may be your last day. Say, I'm young. have my life in front of me. Well, if you'll take a little stroll in this graveyard back here, you'll see a couple little graves, that they had their life before them too. And their life was snuffed out. If you go to any graveyard in this county, or any county in connecting to us, you'll find little graves. Was it just a couple months ago, a teenage boy died as a result of an ATV accident? And in hell, he lift up his eyes. If God will help me this morning, I want to preach on misconceptions of hell. I don't want to put words into people's mouths this morning. I don't want to assume what someone in here may be thinking. But as, as long as I've been saved, and some of you have been saved longer than that, but As long as I've been saved, I've heard a lot of strange misconceptions about hell. And and, and I'm not going to exhaust all of those. These are just the ones that God put on my heart this morning. We were leaving Walmart. Baby, we were leaving Walmart, and I think it was Monday. And on the way to Walmart, God put this message on my heart, and and I, I didn't take time, and I was trying to be right. Like, there's about one time a week that I'll not drive distracted. And that was one of them. And so I gave my phone to Lori and I said, please text me. Or I did something. I said, text me this. And I dictated to her and she texted it to me. And all week long that text has haunted me, Brother Lee. And I've tried to get away from this. 
Number one this morning, this misconception of hell. Now I've got I've got some some alliterations, but I don't want you to focus on the alliteration. I, I want you to focus on this misconception of hell. Number one, hell isn't real. So today I, I want to tell you about the place. There's a lot of folks in, in maybe even in here this morning that doesn't truly believe that hell is a real place. But I want you to know this morning that it is. Now, I'm not going to give you fantastical stories and everything today. Uh, the one that comes to my mind is about some drilling company that drilled down into the earth and, and, and their bit fell off and out of the, out of that hole they heard the cry. I don't know if that, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's not. I remember probably the scariest message I've ever heard preached on hell with brother Doug Thompson. He preached on the cries of hell out of Numbers chapter number 13, 14, 16, something like that, about Korah. When Korah and his group of people came against God and the man of God, and they began to try to, to dictate what God would do through the man of God, and God killed every one of them. And how did he do it? He opened up the earth, and they were swallowed into the pit. And I'm telling you, Brother David, I, I don't have, I'd probably have a tape somewhere, but I can just about tell you what he preached. And I could tell you some of the illustrations that he gave, but I don't want to try to scare you with stories. I ain't above scaring you. Bless God, some of you need to be scared. I think, if I can just say it like this, I think one reason why there's so many people going to hell today is because the devil has made media so scary that we're just, uh, we, we, we just, we just blank out. You got movies that's got blood and guts and gore and demons and, and all these things. And it's just commonplace, Brother Jody. And when we talk, start talking about demons, oh, I've seen that on the movies. We start talking about uh, demonic activity. Oh, I've seen that in my Disney television shows. I, I'm not worried about that. We start talking about death. Oh, I see that every week on my favorite television show. And, and so I believe Satan may have blinded the eyes even of those that do believe. By the things that we see. But one scripture says that he has blinded the minds of them that believe not. And it's those that believe not this morning that I'm burdened about. You see, even if you're saved today and you're blinded, I want you to know today that you are saved. <laughs> and even if you're blinded, you're safe and you're secure, okay? But I need your eyes to be open this morning. This first misconception is hell isn't a real place. So we look at uh, uh, hell isn't real. So we look at the place. And, and I remember, Ashton, I don't even know if you remember this. And, and I couldn't, I didn't take notes. I was just studying it for you. But I remember years ago, you had to talk maybe at your school or maybe do a project or something or another. And you were asking about hell, and someone asked you, well, the hell in the Bible, it really means it's the grave. And, and it, well, it really means this, and, and, and I got Bible for it, but there, there's at least four, possibly five usages of the word hell in your Bible. One of them is pit, but, um, there's at least four or five real places that are considered when speaking of hell in your Bible. I'll just give them to you. There's one, I'll probably say it wrong, but Guiana or Guiana. Uh, there's Sheol or Sheol. There's Hades. 
And then there's another one that's uh, Tartarus. Tartarus is found in Second Peter chapter number 2, verse number 4. And in this particular passage, I don't have any of this written down, so just bear with me. We're going to turn to these, Second Peter chapter number 4, uh, chapter number 2 rather, verse number 4. It says, um, if I can find that, I don't think that's right. It might be First Peter. It's somewhere in there. It's talking about hell. Hold on just a second. Chapter number 2, verse number 4. <clears throat> that ain't it either. Let me see. Second Peter. I'm in Second Peter chapter number 2, verse number... Oh, that was 3. Here we go. Verse number 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spare not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon a world of ungodly, let's keep on going, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that should, uh, that after should live ungodly, and deliver just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, uh, and then he gives us this thought, he says, For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day uh, with their unlawful deeds. He says here, he, he answers verse number 4 and verse number 5 with verse number 9. Notice what he says in verse number 4. He says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, then it says, the Lord, in verse number 9, knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. And so this morning, I want you to know today that there is a real place called hell. You say, well, now, I, I, I still don't believe it. Everything you read is going to be out of the Bible, and the Bible's a fairy tale. Well, i got a real deep, theology on that. I don't know how to spell it, but if you'll write it down and show me later, I sure would appreciate it. But if you think the Bible's a lie and you think it's a fairy tale, here's your word to consider. Now, I'm not being childish when I say that, but that's what it is. That that uh, rebuttal from you is as childish as sticking my tongue out to you. Uh, this morning, to say that the Bible is not real is to say that the air that you're breathing is not real. Uh, to say that the Bible is a fairy tale is to look out there and say the light is one of these incandescent bulbs. Uh, to say that the Bible is not real uh, is just as just as the same as you saying, uh, well, I'm just a puppet and I've got strings attached to me and somebody is controlling my every mo- listen uh, the Bible is as real as I am today and every word in it has been ordained by God and inspired by God and he's talking about a real place called hell and this place this place called hell that he speaks of in chains of darkness to be reserved under judgment he says he delivered those angels and cast them down to hell it is this word Tartarus and this is a a sub Mediterranean region. In other words, it's underground. It is doleful and dark. It is the abode of the wicked dead where they suffer punishment for their evil deeds. And I need y'all to hold on to that just for a little while. Uh, But it says it's a place for the wicked dead where they suffer punishment for
for their evil deeds. What did we see that the Bible said there in uh, Luke chapter 16? If I'm not mistaken, it said that the rich man died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. And see, I believe it said he sees uh, Abraham far off. He sees Lazarus in his bosom. But it says that he was being in torments. So hell is a real place. Not only that, but you have the word Hades in your, in your Bible. Now you'll not see the word Hades, but it's translated from, uh, hell is translated from this. And we find over in, uh, Luke chapter 16, where we just read, uh, and in hell he lift up his eyes. But then in Revelation chapter number 20, verse number 14, uh, the Bible says, now this, this may mess you up, it may not, but I want you to know that, uh, for years we've talked about, uh, uh, hell being our eternal home if we do do not accept Christ as Savior. If we die in our sin, hell is our eternal home. But I want you to know that one day death and hell will give up them that are in it and they will be just before a holy God and cast into the lake of fire. So we look here in Revelation chapter number 20, verse number 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. He says, this is the second death. And so not only the uh, hell and not only death but everyone that was in uh, hell is now cast into uh, the lake of fire. And so we see that this uh, this word Hades is a place of departed souls uh, oftentimes it was equated with the grave. Uh, can I tell you this morning you go out here and you look on the roadside of the graveyard, uh, you'll find about four or five different graveyard, uh, gravestones and whatever they're called. Uh, but you'll find one that looks like it's been broken up a couple times. And it looks like it's been, uh, it's been tried to repair. Somebody's tried to repair it a few times. And you take your little flashlight out and you look in there and you go to digging around. You'll find a box and you open that box. You'll be able to find some bones. Uh, you'll be able to find some coals and something like that. Uh, but you'll not find a soul. I said, I want you to be concerned about how the the soul uh, or I don't the body of that individual. I don't know who they are. Could not tell you the name on it, Brother Curb. Uh, but when they died, uh, they had to either make preparation before they breathed their last breath uh, to meet the Lord in paradise or to meet the devil in hell. And so, uh, yes, Hades is a place in in uh, the 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 original languages. It is a place. Of where the dead were. Uh, but I want you to know when we speak of hell, it is more than just a place where the wicked dead go uh, to, to stay. It is a place where the wicked dead go and they are tormented in everlasting punishment. Uh, we see in Psalm number 19, uh, verse number 17, I believe it is, uh, we look and we see another usage of the word. This is that, uh, that, um, uh, that the, the word sheol or shale. And it is the Old Testament of the New Testament, Hades. It is a world of the dead, including its accessories and its inmates. Now, how can you have an inmate uh, if it's not a place big enough to hold them? Uh, You you dig your your grave out here. It's six foot by three foot or by whatever it is. And it's six feet deep. But I want you to know you might be able to... Stack a couple folks in there, Nick. Uh, but uh, throughout all eternity, those that died without God, uh, they're in the in the pit of hell today. And the Bible says that the hell enlarges itself daily. 
And so we look in Psalm number 19, or chapter 9, verse number 17, I believe is what I got. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forget God. Now, I told you to hold on to that phrase there from Second Peter, chapter number 2, that word Tardis. Uh, it is a punishment for the evil deeds of the wicked dead. And so here we find that the wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that do what? Forget God. And so we have two groups of people in hell. Those wicked and those that have forgotten God, alright? And that's going to lead us into something here in just a little while. Uh, but then we look over, I'm not going to turn there, but we look over to Mark chapter number 9, verse number 14, and the Bible speaks about hell there multiple times throughout that passage. And in that passage, he's talking about those uh, that uh, uh, that would do harm to those little children, uh, do harm and forget God. And, and he said it'd be better for them to go into into death uh, hauled and lamed or or uh, without a foot or without an arm or without a leg uh, rather than to go into hell whole. And so here we find uh, this is that word Guyana, and it is a place of everlasting punishment. So this morning I want you to know that you may think it's a misconception and you may say that hell isn't real, but I assure you according to the Word of God that hell is a real place. We look next and we see maybe a misconception that, that might uh, come out of your mouth something, well, hell isn't so bad. Hell isn't so bad. Well, let's go back to what we called our text there in Luke chapter 16, verse number 23. And in hell he lifted up his, I lift up his eyes, being in torments. Being in torments. And I remember, I remember stories that I've heard, especially those that came out of the world wars and those that came out of Vietnam. And I believe it was Vietnam that talked about uh, the ways that the Vietnamese would torture uh, their captives and some would be uh, throwing bamboo shoots under their fingernails and driving them there. And some, they would place a chair on top of a, a bamboo sprout and bamboo grows at a rapid race. Uh, uh, pace rather, and they would put a chair with no bottom uh, on. And I, I know this sounds crude, and I'm sorry, but but I'm not sorry either. But they would they would torture, and they would take a chair with no bottom, just a frame, and they would place a prisoner over this bamboo shoot. And over a matter of days, that bamboo shoot would touch the bottom of that prisoner, and it would continue to grow, even though that prisoner could not move. And it would impale him, it would torture him, it would kill him. I've heard about fires and people going through fires and I've heard about people surviving floods and I've heard about people surviving near drownings and and how that it was torture and I want you to know brother Lee today how that there is a torture how that awaits those that reject God how that are much weightier than a bamboo shoe or or something under our finger or maybe a, a stick here or a cut here or a burn there I want you to know today how that the rich man died and was buried and in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments. It's something that we can no longer make light of. Hell is a real place, but hell is pretty bad. We look over there in Matthew chapter number 25, verse number 46, I believe it is. How we see, uh, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment 
but the righteous into life eternal. And so this morning we see that, that those that I, I, I'm trying my best to, to, to include everything this morning. Uh, when I say you go to hell, uh, it's not just because you're a bad person. Uh, you, I want you to know hell's full of good people. Uh, hell's full of young folks. Hell's full of old folks. Hell's full of women. Hell's full of men. And the reason is because they reject God. It wasn't necessarily because of what they've done, uh, but it's because of what they did not do. It's because they did not accept the Lord Jesus. So young man, a young woman, a teenager, a young adult, old man, old woman, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying today uh, the Word of God tells us that hell is a real place. Uh, But this morning I assure you uh, that hell is a place of torments. It is a place you need not go. Hell isn't so bad, so we see it's a place of punishment. Then we see that hell is only temporary. Misconceptions. Someone may say, well, hell's just, it's just temporary. It's just a holding place. It won't be there long. Well, you're, you're, you're kind of right. Hell is temporary. And I, I mentioned that earlier. But the punishment is everlasting. The punishment is everlasting. I say you'll get relief for just a moment, Nick, when you're brought out of hell to be judged before God, but then cast into the lake of fire. That may be just like that. I, I have no idea. have no idea the, the period of time there. But don't think for a moment that in that period of time, you're truly going to get any relief. Though you may not be falling in that bottomless pit, though you may not be uh, burning in that lake, that, that hell fire and brimstone, there's going to be a different type of torment when your wicked soul stands before a righteous God. You have to give account of your life. You have to give account. Baby, I wish you could sing that song. You probably can, but your daddy's got to have courage to play it, don't he? There's a song Ashlyn sings, and I sing it more than she does at the house. I don't know that we've ever sang it anywhere. I don't remember. But the song says that you were, at the end of it, Jesus says, you were everything but mine. You had all you needed. You could do whatever you wanted to. You knew my word. You heard my name. You were everything but mine. You weren't bad. You never murdered. You rarely lied. But you were everything but mine. This morning, I want you to know that hell, hell is for the bad, but it is also for the good. Hell is only temporary. It's a lake of fire. will be your eternal home. So here we see its permanence. Again, Matthew twenty five forty six, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment. Mark chapter number three, verse number twenty nine. But he that shall oh my goodness listen, I'm coming down with y'all. Here is the crux, 
Here is the, who's going to hell? Here's the crux of it, Brother Stanley. It's not the one that did meth. Maybe. It's not the one that sold drugs. He might be there. It's not the one that sat on the front pew. Could be there. It's not necessarily the good, the bad. But here it is, verse 29. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Can I tell you something? The Holy Ghost has moved in this place more times than any of us can count over these 40 and a half years. Well, David, you, you better than anybody know how many times God has moved in here. Just in my short time here, I done lost count how many times. Y'all realize that in the last month, this, I think this is the first Sunday morning I preached. Might have preached last Sunday morning. I don't, I might have been here, might not been. I don't even know. But that's because the Holy Spirit of God was moving in this place. And if the Holy, listen to me, y'all listen, y'all look up in here. If the Holy Spirit of God has ever moved in your life, has ever drawn you to Himself, has ever pointed out a Savior that bled and died for you, and you said, not today. Those words may not have come out of your lips. But in the recesses of your heart somewhere, you said, not today. Let me read it. You are in danger of eternal damnation. If you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, it says you have never forgiven. Now, most of you have not went so far as to blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. If I can break it down in the simplest forms, it's bigger than this, but in the simplest form, Nicholas, to blaspheme against the Holy Ghost is to turn Him away and almost to laugh in His face. I don't need you. But I'll tell you, young or old, Brother Jody, if any of you have done that, I don't know if anybody will listen to this recording, but if anybody under the sound of my voice today, ever blasphemes against the Holy Ghost. The Bible says they're in danger of eternal damnation. That, that is the people that will be in hell. Those people that said to God, God, I know you're knocking on my heart's door, but no thank you. No. Those that make light of hell. Those that have these misconceptions and know their misconceptions, but still refuse to think about hell and consider its truth. Those are the ones that are in hell today. So we see the permanence of hell. Hell is only for the devil. I, I, I'm not spending long here because I've kind of already dealt with a little bit. Hell is only for the devil. So let's notice the people. Let's notice the people of hell. The, 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 one of the scriptures that we mentioned earlier, I believe it's in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 14. I believe it's there. It talked about that, that, that God uh, cast the angels that, that was revolted against God. He cast them to hell, in, 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 down into hell. So we know that there are Fallen angels in hell. 
And we've read there in Revelation, I believe it's somewhere up there, Revelation chapter number 20. It says that those that are, that are, that are dead and, and, and those that are wicked and, and those that, uh, one of those verses that we read, I think it was maybe in Psalms, uh, those nations that forget God, they're going to be in hell. But this morning, let's look at a couple things. I almost said I'm trying to hurry, but I'm kind of not. Because I truly do feel like we need to take some time here. You say, you think somebody's going to get saved today? I don't know. I hope so. I pray that they do. But I'm going to give them every opportunity to do so. I'm going to give them every opportunity. If they want to say no to God, then that's on them. It ain't on me for saying I'm hungry. Verse number... Number 16, verse number 33. This is talking about Korah here. You need to read this. What, what verse did I say? Verse number 33. And it says, They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit where the, and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation. These, if I could say it like this, these were the people of Israel. Korah and all his, the Korites, they, they belonged to God. They were the people of God. They were Israelites. So if I say it like this and, and, and not incur any replacement theology here, and I don't mean to do that, but if we can look at that in our time, it's possible to say it like this, Brother Kurt. These were church members. These people that sat on the pews. These are the people that sang in the youth choir. These are people that sang out there. These are people that heard preaching day in and day out. But yet they rebelled against God and they suffered judgment because of it. That's who's going to be in hell. So we're looking at the people. Psalm number 9, verse number 17. I already read that, I believe. The wicked and those, that for, those nations that forget God will be cast into hell. We look at Mark chapter number 6. Mark chapter number 6, verse number 11. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, he says, when ye depart thence, shake off the dust from under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Now, I'm not going to take this out of context to prove my point, but you need to understand the context here. The disciples have come to him and basically they've said to Jesus, we got some folks, they're not believing what we're saying. So now let's apply that to us. What were they saying? They were saying that Jesus is the Messiah. They were saying at this point that they needed to believe in Jesus. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. They were saying you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you need to turn away from religion. Turn away from your sin and follow Christ. And Jesus said, that if they don't receive you, here's the application. They don't, if they didn't receive them, then they didn't receive his word. So today, if, if you're not receiving God's word, not, y'all look up in here, 
Not my word. But if you're not receiving God's word, that's why I got my Bible. That's why we, I said that's why we got our Bibles open this morning. I don't want you to think I'm making this up. So if you don't receive God's word, I want you to know real quick, clear, and in a hurry, I want you to know that the Bible says it is going to be more tolerable for Tyre, what, or, that's, for, for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you that reject God's word in the day of judgment. Romans chapter number 3, verse 23. We, we probably all could quote it. It says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So can I tell you this? Those that remain in their sin will be in hell. How do they remain in sin? Because they blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. Because they do not receive the Word of God. Uh, let, let me tell you, I, I meant to put it down, and maybe may in one of the other messages that I put together this week. Brother Stanley, you know this. You've been in church for many years now. There, there's a difference between being a Christian and believing in God or believing in Jesus Christ. There's, there's probably all of us believe that there is a God and that there is a Jesus and that Jesus died for the world's sin. And I'm not making light of that. And I'm not trying to, 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 to say anything that would cause you to doubt. But there's a difference in just believing that He is and believing who He is. Scripture says that the the devils believe and tremble. They know who Jesus is. They know that He's the Son of God. And when we... The other week when we sang there's something about that name... Somewhere around this church building, demons were shuddering because the name of Jesus was being lifted up. Last week when we talked about the mature Christian in Christ, and we began to talk about all the names of Christ, and we lifted up the lovely name of Jesus Christ, the devils were trembling in their boots because of the name of Jesus. But if you do not trust, you may believe but if you do not trust in Him, the Scripture teaches us that you'll have your part. I said you will have your part in hell. And then last, another misconception is that hell is my only option. <laughs> Can I assure you today that there is another option? <laughs> you say, well, well you've, you've told me about hell and you've told me how wicked I am and, and you've told me I'm on my way to hell and, and all of these things, but I, there's no hope. And you're right. There is no hope in you. There is no hope in this world. But there is hope in Christ. There is hope that God, before the foundations of the world, thought of you and made a plan of action to send His only begotten Son to die for you. 
to pay the price, the penalty, the ransom, whatever you want to call it, to pay for your sin. Brother Dean mentioned it here in our revival, and I forgot about it. He mentioned it up yonder in that meeting, and I nearly about forgot about it. But he said something like this. God didn't save you so you can go to heaven. And God didn't save you so you cannot go to hell. But God saved you from your sin. And as a result, you're not going to hell. As a result, you are going to heaven. But what the blessing is, as a result of hearing the word of God and trusting on the name of Christ and believing in and believing on Him, it's not just heaven, but it's in God's presence. I'm not being super spiritual this morning, but as far as I'm concerned, God can put His throne right here, and this little building right here be good enough for me. But He's got another place. He's got a place prepared in heaven, and He is high. He is lifted up. He is on His ivory throne tonight or today. And I want you to know how one day throughout all eternity, and I ain't got it all figured out, but one of these days, we're going to be up there worshiping Worshiping Him, not because we're in heaven, uh, but because He sent His Son uh, to die for our sins, to pay our penalty, and to redeem us from our sins. What is the debt of sin? The wages of sin is death. This morning, you may be thinking that hell's my only option. Can I tell you? There is, you can write it down either way, both, you can make up your own thing. There is, there is either a path or a pardon. Or the path to pardon. I don't care how you write, I don't care if you write it down. But let's look at what the scripture says in Acts chapter number 4. We read this to you last week. Acts 4 verse number 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Listen, you may be thinking this morning how that your only way out of life is through hell. And honey, that's a wicked way to go. How you may think that you're so vile and you're so wretched and you're so wicked how that you can do nothing but go to hell. How that there's no choice. How there's no other option. But can I tell you today how that if you'll call upon the name of the Lord and you would just, matter of fact our next verse says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to know today how that there is an option. You do not have to go to hell. You can go to glory. God will forgive you of your sins. You don't have to die in wickedness, you can be saved today. First Timothy chapter number one, verse number fifteen. The Bible says this. Oh, I gotta go back. Oh, I gotta go back a little bit further than that. We'll look at verse number nine. We'll read until I can't read anymore. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. We, we read about that in Romans chapter number five in our Bible study. For the ungodly, The law is for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy 
and profane. The law is for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers and manslayers. The law, in verse number 9, says, in verse 10, is for whoremongers. The law is for them that defile themselves with mankind. It is for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. He says, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, he said, that's what the law is for. He says in verse number 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. He's done switch gears in verse number 9 from the law now to the glorious gospel in verse number 11. He said this gospel, though, he says in verse number 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Who was before? Oh, brother Paul was telling Timothy, I'm about to run, is what he says right here. It ain't in your King James Bible, but it's somewhere in the footnotes. Uh, but he says right here, he says, I thank the Lord he's counted me worthy. He's put me in the ministry. But then he began to testify who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But, uh, Allie, I don't see your Bible. I'm going to let you read this right here. What's it say? I forgot where it is. Where, where am I at? But I what he say? Tell me one more time. <laughs> he says, I was dot, 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 but I line in a point on it, mark, exclamation mark, whatever it is, whatever. He says, I was, but I. I was, y'all, y'all ain't hearing me. I was, but I, if I could say it like this, I was, but I am. I was, but I am. He says, I was injurious. I was a persecutor. I was dead. I was a sin. I was a wicked, but I am. What he says, I have obtained mercy because I did it ignorant. He said, I did those things in unbelief and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant. What? Did he say in Romans chapter number five, where grace abound, where sin abounded, grace did much more about, about to run. Grace did much more abound. He says here how that this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. He says, please accept the words that I'm speaking today. How that Christ Jesus came into the world to save Sinners, you want to know why the Lord came to save your hide? You want to know why He came uh, to save your son, uh, to save your daughter, to save your wife, to save your husband? You want to know why the Lord came to save you out of your sin and to reveal unto the world that you're a new creature? Uh, that yes, you were some things, but now are you washed? But now you're justified? But now you're sanctified? I want you to know today. That you do not have to go to hell. There is another option. Say amen, Bubber. Hallelujah. How be it for this cause I obtain mercy. No, 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 no. He says he came to save sinners. And Paul says, of whom I am chief. (laughs) He was the biggest of the bunch. He says, of whom I am chief, how be it for this cause I obtain mercy, 
that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Biggest misconception is of all of hell. I believe that the biggest misconception is that's my only option. You don't have to go to hell. Daddies, your sons don't have to go to hell. Your mamas and dads, your daughters do not have to go to hell. Here's the sad part. They and they alone can choose. And when the Lord sends a message about hell, the Lord sends a message about salvation, then that's the Holy Ghost saying, hey, you need to hear, you need to know, you need to realize. And so Paul says, it's worthy of all acceptation. And so can I ask you this morning, will you hear the words of the Holy Ghost speaking to your heart today? Will you hear Him? Will you accept the words? And will you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Let's stand. Somebody give me a song of invitation. Father, God, I love you. God, I pray today that you'd help us. Oh, Lord, my heart's been heavy all week long. And God, I pray today, Lord, not, I'm not making light. I'm not making uh, myself in the spotlight with that. I apologize. But, but Lord, I, I want you to know that I realize that you've put this message on my heart. You put this burden on my heart for someone that was going to be here today. So, God, I beg you, Lord, with everything that's in me, God, let them accept the Word of God. Let them accept the Holy Ghost's call. Let them accept the Lord Jesus today as their Savior. God, I pray today that you'd help someone come. Lord, they need to be saved. God, probably every one of us knows somebody that needs, needs to be saved. Lord, if we do, God, I pray you'll flood this altar with saints of God that just need to be, that they pray that they, that others can be saved. God, I pray that you'd give us this little church a burden for lost people. God, I ask you, God, if there's one lost in here today, Lord, I pray that they can hear my words. Father, I pray that you'd draw that individual to this altar. Lord, I pray that you drive away fear. I pray that you drive away any anxiety about stepping out. And I pray that you'd give enough faith to step one foot in your direction. Lord, with every fiber of my being, I believe when they step one foot You'll carry them the rest of the way. God, we ask you to do a work today. In Jesus' name, amen.